Welcome back, strange crew. You are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. Volume 64 of the Strange Grooves Podcast. I'm Sharice Letson. I'm Kate Milberry. And before we jump into our awesome, wide-spanning interview with Matt George, we'd like to give a special shout-out to our Patreon supporters. We honestly could not be doing the caliber of show with the guests that we're interviewing without you guys. So we'd really like to give a big thank you to our current patrons, Owen Green, Mike Hawkins, Matt Letson, Mallory Kelly, Kristen Monroe, Kaylin Capson, Jenny Keelaher, Emmanuel Proud, Colin Walshoot, and Cheryl Johnson. Thank you guys so much. And also, as always, a special shout out to our friends at Print3. Thank you so much for the dope merch. Mike and Chris from Second Spin, Marty LeBlanc from Moncton Record Expo, Heartbreak Boutique, Five and Dime, Backstreet Records and Printworks. Yes, thank you so much, Printworks. For all of your support. We love you guys. You guys are phenomenal businesses. If you haven't been to them recently or you're looking for certain things that they offer, please go check them out. They're phenomenal. All right. Without further ado, here's our interview with Matt George. Hey, Matt. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Question. Question before we start. How strange does it actually get in here? Listen, if you're not prepared, you better get the fuck out. It seems like it gets pretty strange. I'm going to say this is your first warning and only warning. Thank you. Can you handle it? I can handle it. Perfect. I'll try. Thanks, Matt, so much for joining us. uh, I've been been eagerly anticipating you as well on our show, Mm -hmm. and I've been chatting you up a little bit about, like, our podcast a few weeks ago, because it was really nice. Which I loved. I had a really nice time. I loved it. And from always being on the other side, um, you know, a big reason why we started this Mm was because we just liked having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. But the, one of the most coolest things that came out of it is that although everybody loves music, mm-hmm. everybody's doing really cool things. Mm-hmm. Everybody also has hardships. And we tried to act as a platform to be able to tie those things together and mm-hmm. uplift our community and the business people who are in it. And that's what I find your podcast is doing in a different light. Yeah, And I love it. I sincerely do. And I, yeah. I was really curious to hear about your love of music mm-hmm. and your travels and how you've kind of navigated your musical mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. and how you kind of are setting yourself on the next part of that. Well, it's cool to hear, before I answer that, it's cool to hear your origin story as to why you do it because I'm, I'm pretty podcast obsessed and I always wonder why people do it because you're right, there, there's, always, there's always a motivation or a sub-motivation for doing something and the reason that I did it Interestingly, is I, I, for whatever reason, thought I would never do anything significant enough to be on the other side of it, right? To, to, mm-hmm. be, to, to have someone ask you the questions about what you did, oh. I just had this weird feeling, and, I don't, and it was built in some kind of insecurity that you develop as a kid, but I just never thought that I would be the person on the other end of it, but I knew I could tell a good story, and I could bring it out of somebody, so that's why I started the podcast, and that's what you ladies are doing with when it comes to music so that's really cool yeah we uh, we just find like people really connect no matter what no matter what language or origin mm-hmm. they have good or bad 
both um, that music is uh, an equalizer is what we've always said mm. whether it be politicians celebrities yeah. you know just folks that might consider themselves as why would you want us as a guest I mean mm. we were just talking about that is the talent right there that's the gold mine because those are the people that love music so much they go to local shows they buy yeah. vinyl they buy people's stuff they support other artists they you know buy the festival passes and they give them away even if they can't go because yeah. they're just so into supporting the community yeah that's a good point I never thought about that no matter who you are, you always have a story about a concert you went to or a song that you love. Right. And it allows you to get outside of yourself in a way that other things just don't. So that's, that's a cool point. I hadn't thought And about you could that. be around strangers and all of a sudden hear some random song and start telling the story about a concert you were at. And all of a sudden you start conversing and you've made a friend. Right. And you didn't even yep. mean to talk about Trouble Charger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, right? <laughs> Have you been listening to something lately, Kate? You'd <laughs> like to share? Yeah. Listen, they were a good band. They what were. Can I, I saw them when they went for some 41. Me too. It is <laughs> almost, it's almost like a smell. Like, you know how smells cue uh, a memory? Yeah. Right. Like, I remember I, I, I smelled this, this shampoo um, that I hadn't had in a long time. And as soon as I put it in my hair, I, I literally, I was in Greece. Well, because, it's so because weird that's you where I, that. that's the only time I had used it. Music is just like that for me. So in one of our last episodes, we talk about how like um, Colin, he was doing the Appalachian Trail and like mm. certain smells and things would bring back just things and he wasn't even listening to music on the trail. Totally. He only brought an FM radio, AM FM radio. Yeah. So it's so crazy how like scent and like we talk about like the goosebumps. Are you a goosebumps guy with, uh, oh, with music? Oh, Jesus. I'm the biggest sap okay. you've ever met. It's a, My dad was like, goosebumps, Kate, look. Goosebumps. It's a huge look problem. Goosebumps. Yeah. And the, or you have to like something so. I remember the first time I had ever listened to Holocene by Bonnie Bear. And I mean, God, that guy. Is it Justin Vernon or Jordan Vernon? No, Justin Vernon, I think. That guy's remarkable lead singer of Bonnie Bear. He's incredibly talented. And the first time I heard the song Holocene, you know like the man cry where you're like, makes me feel something. You do the throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I started to do that because it was just I don't know what it was, but that, that song is is beautiful. But as soon as you hear a song like that you're just you're either feeling something you didn't expect to feel or you're transported somewhere that you didn't expect to go. That's me when I listen to Alice in Chains Unplugged. I'm yeah. 14 in my room and it's raining and I'm like messaging my friends on MSN Messenger if they want to like not go to school and like maybe hang out. Listen Everything's to, like, angsty. You know, listen to Alice in Chains together. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, a tra- it's a teleporter yeah. of time and feeling and it can yeah. really, you know, when we were actually recording with John, we were talking about concerts and just how you start to kind of feel things when you went to them and then later on in life you remember those in a different way than totally. when you were there yeah. and how important that plays as being a person because mm. now I'd say if I were to meet new people a big part of what I would talk about would be my music experiences mm-hmm. that's probably that's my, my biggest passion right I mean I've had mm-hmm. other hobbies and other things but I think music's probably been the most consistent and the easiest thing that I could talk about yeah. where people couldn't be like she's a poser she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about because it's like mm, let's go right like yeah you imposter know syndrome is real. oh don't even get me started on imposter syndrome oh but. it's so real i wonder what it is i don't i don't know but it's 
it, what you touched on earlier in the show, yeah. I was like, literally, has, I was going to be like, amen. Like, <laughs> Why didn't you say it? I should have <laughs> overthought it. In, I was in, like, well, keep up amen. talking. <laughs> amen. In, imposter syndrome. Maybe we shouldn't leave that because that's, it's either a fear that you're not as good as you think you are, or you are as good as you think you are, but you're just scared that people aren't accepting the work. Right. I bet you musicians go through that all the time, especially when they blow up. Yeah. Mm. They're they're yeah. shocked. Like I'm I'm not this good. What's happening? This is I'm catapulted now to success. How yeah. did this happen? Right. And it's probably like a little bit scary to figure out which direction do we go? How do we do we stay with what's working? Do we branch off because we're talented and want to try other techniques or other things, or do we stay because we're known? Yeah. Right. For this. Yeah. And that was something I, um, you know, we have a Neil Young lover here. Right. But like, you know, through all of his phases of things, Mm -hmm. right. People could choose to kind of stay with him or not. Right. But still loved his stuff regardless. Mm -hmm. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Music's, I don't know. We always joke. We say this probably every, every third podcast Mm -hmm. where it's like, you're at a show and they come out and they're like, how's everybody doing tonight? And you're like, it's been a rough couple months, (laughs) but like nobody says it. They're just like, woo! but like really like, it's like you're having a hard time paying rent it's like your car just costs 1500 bucks to get it's just like life is fucked somehow you bought the concert tickets you shouldn't have Eh. and you're just like right on credit you're like you know what i'm reinvigorated i'm good i'm gonna Uh figure this out i'm gonna make that money i'm in debt for and it gives you this like thing or like a story like like someone like bob dylan the 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 kings and queens of storytellers for me are podcasters and folk artists, mm-hmm. and it's it's incredible to hear. Have you have you listened to or seen the documentary, The New Basement Tapes? Yes, I have. Yeah, I'm so, a huge Dylan fan. I've seen it. Yeah, she's probably the biggest right? Dylan yeah. fan you'll probably ever meet. So no, the fact that he had written work, because because what he really was was a poet, and mm-hmm. the fact that he had written work that didn't have any music put to it, right. and then you get people like Marcus Mumford. Um, I think there were three other guys who had come in to work on it with T Bone Burnett. And they put music to unwritten lyrics written by Bob Dylan. Like, I don't know how they handled the pressure. That's just one point. <laughs> what, is, what a story, though. Right. Can you imagine finding the, the written work of Bob Dylan that didn't have any music to it? And then also knowing what a waste that was mm. because he never got to put music to it or chose not to put music to it. But then getting the opportunity, working with T-Bone Burnett to put music to it. Goddamn. Yeah, yeah. it's next level yeah <laughs> that was such a cool documentary um yeah what i found really interesting about it too is like how they'd show each person's kind of version of a song and the way like what i loved about his his writing is that you can change the way it's sung or the music or the tone or the vocals and it just changes the meaning and the feel whole feeling of the song to you yeah i have so many like favorite versions of different dylan tunes from yeah. like all his bootlegs and stuff yeah absolutely yeah, Bob Dylan's kind of like a central theme on most of our podcasts, it seems. <laughs> There's kind of a new Bob Dylan for me. Who? As crazy as that is to say, but have you heard J.S. Ondera? No. So J.S. Ondera is this young Kenyan-born um, folk singer in America. And he just put out an album called Tales of America. Okay. And the songs are all, they're very Dylan-esque in the sense that they tell a story of a people or of a place. And it's mind-blowing the entire album is fantastic throw it down for you throw it down good yeah <laughs> yeah have you watched um have you watched scene searching for sugar man 
I have. Oh yeah, like he, Rodriguez was another was another one for me. Like, how did he never know? I don't understand. Like, it's and imagine how it would feel to realize that like you you are super you're like Elvis on another continent, and while like back at home, everyone's kind of forgot you didn't even make it big. I think that's the crazy music music craziest music story I've ever heard because if if you are if you are literally a god in South Africa. How did no one in South Africa before the documentary filmmakers try to get him? I know. Is it because they thought he was dead? And that no. was yeah, because there was that whole myth like that he committed suicide on stage. Right. And there was like you know, it was before the internet too was like super, super mm-hmm. big. I guess like mm-hmm. I don't know, but it still makes no sense that it didn't get back to him. Like it took him th- that long, right? For but he was also such a mysterious figure, like he, how he was living the way he was, and he was just like. Someone who you picture just like walking into a shadow. The fact that he was living like that, but he was so famous somewhere else, blew my mind. Mm. Really good documentary and good, uh, just incredible music too. You got one. Yeah. Have you listened yeah. to that album yet? Yeah. Gold Fact. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. And the documentary, just like you say, is fantastic. Yeah. Doc recommendations, y'all. <laughs> yeah, we'll be sure to list that in this uh, in this episode for sure. Uh huh. So what did you, because we were kind of chatting a little bit before we hit record, but I guess mm-hmm. what, was some, what was some music you grew up to? I was incredibly normal, I think, which I think I always regretted. Not regretted, maybe, but I had a very, very easy childhood. There was obviously the angst that comes with being a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. you're... you're a little bit chubby or you don't think anybody likes you or, or you deal with stuff like that and so you gravitate towards the music that tells the story of that mm-hmm. and so I was always into it had to be for me music still had to be a story if there was if there was a good song about a people or a place I was in and I was never the kind of guy who was diehard on one artist it was just where are the good stories so I loved Bob Dylan I absolutely worshipped Bruce Springsteen, mm. just because his stories were about people and they were real. And so when I got older, I wasn't a huge, I was more of an art geek when I was a kid. But when I got older, I immediately gravitated towards Mumford and Sons, which sounds incredibly generic. But nonetheless, they're still great storytellers through folk music. Oh, yeah. So everything folk and everything that was story based, I was hooked. Just because it allowed you to go somewhere where you, you can't normally go. Or you just don't live that life. Like I grew up in a, in a two-income household in just outside of St. John, New Brunswick. Nothing ever went wrong. The water always ran. Mm. There were never any problems. So when you hear Bruce Springsteen sing about New Jersey or sing about factories closing in the Midwest, mm-hmm. like you're, you can't access that because you don't live that life, but then you can through music. So you listen to Thunder Road. And all of a sudden you're cool as fuck <laughs> when you understand full well that you're just a suburban kid in right. New Brunswick, Canada. So it makes it cool. And it's funny how that teaches you lessons over time. Because you can, like, I remember listening to music when I was younger. And then, like, as I get older and then as I listen to it more, I'm just like, man. And it, it, it seems that a lot of older music really ages well. And that mm-hmm. the stories are still very much relevant. Mm-hmm. You know? And I... I don't know. I, I find that it's very much a lesson over time. And as you listen to it again, you can teach it to yourself. Like, 
I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of music. A hundred percent. And you, you start to wonder like what they meant and you're parsing it for so long because I know one of my, maybe my all time favorite song, um, is I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you two. Okay. Which is hilariously generic again, <laughs> but it's just like the, the fact that you're learning how being in my twenties, you're learning how you want to live. Mm-hmm. You're learning what you want to do. And when you listen to a song like that about someone who is clearly on a journey like that, it, something about it, like when he says, when he says, buried the cross on my shame, which is like an amazing line that he sings. And, and you, you wonder forever and ever, like, what the hell does he mean? He could mean this. He could mean this. And so you start to, like you said, timeless songs like that to tell a story. I think that's like a good marker of like really good writing and storytelling, right? Because if a story that like a song that was written in like 1956 can still mm-hmm. take on a feeling and still kind of mean something to someone, like in 2000 and 2019, it's like you kind of reached the point of prophecy at that point. Like it shows like a yeah. really good. That's timeless. Just, yeah. I wonder if things are becoming less timeless. They are. Because we're all neophiliacs and we just want top fifty. And... Yeah. A thousand percent. I think so too. Because all the ones I remember, it's like Springsteen, Dylan, U2. Why is that? And I mean, the last three episodes we just did, all those same people were mentioned. It's a common denominator. But, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is no, for anyone listening, we're very honest and blunt and helpful and we try to be um, insightful as well. And one of the things that we always say is that don't harp on Fleetwood Mac rumors because that's one of the best-selling albums of all time. And here's the thing. You can be a really good band. You can be a mediocre band. But there's so many bands nowadays that if you're not thinking about your Fleetwood Mac rumors album yeah, like and what your actual legacy is, and just even from a branding standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. If, if the Unsettled podcast was acquired by Joe Rogan tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? And it was a good price and you said, okay. Mm-hmm. Even if the name was changed and new people took it over, would the unsettled, like the mandate, would, would the listenership, would it still be there? Mm-hmm. Or would the whole entity change? Right? Because Coca-Cola could be sold, but I guarantee people will still be able to recognize its brand. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's what people in music have to do because now people can make music on their phone. They can be SoundCloud rappers and literally be Billie Eilish the next day. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so you have to be conscientious of it. And just like in when you're doing business plans, mm-hmm. you sit and you storyboard things out. You make everything a strategic thing. Mm-hmm. But yet a lot of artists and musicians do. And we, we almost sometimes say like, oh, you should, you should be so focused on your Fleetwood Mac rumors album that we don't allow creativity. But I think it's, it's equally as important to scope it out, look at what you have and see mm-hmm. if there's a, maybe we should work a little bit more instead of putting something so fast out. Cause you don't need yeah. to be like their Nirvana with 150 bootlegs. Yeah. And it kind of makes you feel like when you think about it, I think it's undoubtedly true, but you kind of feel like an asshole when you, when you look at who's doing music right now or who at least doing, doing contemporary top 50 music. It seems like there's legitimately no substance. Mm-hmm. Like I know there's fads and, and that's probably built on the back of Instagram and it's super cool to do a dance to a Drake song or whatever that fad was. But I don't care what anybody says. Old Town Road is the fucking worst song in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't even listened to more and than it's that world I'm going to be honest. I haven't listened to more it than It is seconds. horrific. Yeah. But then if you listen to like if you go back to old school hip hop good music was always telling the story of a people Mm -hmm. 
or of a place and its people. Like if you listen to Rakim mm-hmm. or you listen to Tupac or you listen to DJ Cool Herc or you listen to Africa Bombada, it's the, it's the story of a people. And it's just not anymore. Like if I listen to if I listen to hip hop, obviously you can appreciate incredible lyricism and writing. But it's still not Rakim and it's still not Tupac. Right. And so it's just this weird, I don't know what it is. I think maybe it is that we crave new so much. I, I think you're right on, on that because, I mean, even the demand as a, as a creator, right? When you're not creating, you're lazy or you're not hustling or whatever, right? Mm. And I think like when you're in the arts or if you're a musician or anything like that, it's, the, it's probably pressure tenfold because it's always around you and all of your networks, all of your peers, right? Mm. So it's even harder. And, you know, the, the substance part of it, it's like, even with our podcast, we didn't want to just be like two chicks doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to have some longevity over time and for it to be a thing that we could look back on in years, whether we stop next year or it's still a thing when we're 75, we want to know that it's, it's helped other people. So we always, we always look to help other bands and other artists and whether it's putting them on our Spotify streams to help get them more plays. Mm-hmm. No matter what, we're always trying to figure out like what, what can we do to, to help. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of artists, businesses, musicians, they have to really look at their ecosystem and really figure out how do we use other people that have expertise and pay them just as they want to be paid at mm-hmm. shows and then come together to build things that have longevity. Because on some of our episodes, we talk about Pink Floyd. And back in the day, they didn't have like marketing budgets, mm-hmm. right? But they would put out albums that maybe had one track on them that were blue and cost more than putting out their regular album. Mm-hmm. But it made sense at the time. And they had no way of showing that it was going to convert or that it would be bought or you know, that people like Colin Walshoots would buy 10 copies when they were in Japan, right? Like, <laughs> But that's kind of the level of they care so much about it. They're passionate. They'll do the, they'll do the other work. They'll spend the money. They'll pay mm-hmm. the artists and they're happy with what they put out and they don't care if it reaches a top 50 or if it ever gets purchased by someone or if their business is ever acquired. And that's what we look for. Yeah. We just look it's for people who work. are just like roll up their sleeves. They do the work, yeah. you know, they're not too good to get and they some love help it. and they love it. And that's, yeah. that's why you know, and that's kind of what I see you doing what you do. Because it's hard work what you do. It takes a lot of time, mm. effort, and bandwidth. And I know because I did it. Mm. And it's as, as energizing it can be. It can be really draining. Yeah. And you, I'd say just like doctors or anyone else, you get really close to people in business. And you want to see them succeed. And you will give your time and your, your resources and people yeah. for free to try to help people succeed. Yeah. And I think musicians and people in the industry really need to to really look to people that can help them do better in their industry. Just like when we were talking with John on our last episode, how can we help tell his story as mm-hmm. a videographer so that he can do more videos for people like, say, your podcast mm-hmm. that helps get your podcast into more ears? And I think humans are incredibly good at at seeing authenticity first like when someone's a pretender you know it yeah you know it immediately because it's it's for something else Mm. but when you see people who love the work Mm -hmm. like would do anything just to get into the podcast studio with you on a monday morning Mm -hmm. and talk about what we really wanted when we posted that picture of us with our shirt off right like you and i talked about yeah 
like you can tell when people love the work because it's, not, it's about the work and the, and the people that make it about the work are the ones who make it yeah and the ones who it's not about the work it's for something else mm-hmm. they just get exposed as pretenders because it's it's so easy to see yeah I when guess. someone's faking it and my concern i think and i know this is off topic but it's my world in tech i think what we're losing is one we're losing rarity because it's a race to the middle mm-hmm. everyone is racing towards um that great shirtless photo or that picture on the beach or that whatever the stereotypical photo is so it's a race to the middle and we're not seeing the people on the fringes that are actually doing the work mm-hmm. and those fringe people are far and away the coolest people and they're the ones that accelerate the people with their shirts off and hanging out on the beach yeah. and traveling and you know what i mean yeah they're the ones that those people call on because they run into hurdles it's like you know i i hear it all the time it's like you know, so-and-so was contracted to do my website. And then after X amount of time, they realized they couldn't actually do any of the things we needed to do. Now we're at money and have to call you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you really want to give people what they want in the first round. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because it's pretending, right? And you, you should never over-promise mm-hmm. and then under-deliver. That's like, ugh. That's like, not cool for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I find that the those people that are on the fringes they don't get any really real recognition, mm. and they're definitely not on the same caliber. Because mm. you look at influencers, they all have an assistant, and you barely ever see the assistant. And mm. the assistant is the one that actually gives them work, manages their day to day, manages all their social media, takes all those pictures of them hanging out in Uptown St. John. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, who are they? And the real ones are often reluctant celebrities. Like you're a, a, a big Dylan fan. Mm. When you watch the documentary, The New Basement Tapes, and you see the clips of how Bob Dylan lived his life, you could tell that he was a very reluctant celebrity. Oh, and you see the old, his older interviews, too, like right. before he moved away to Woodstock. Like, he just, he just, he's so awkward with the press, right? And he'd mess around with them and tell them yeah. lies. And, like, because he was just like, this is ridiculous, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's about the work. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or they're looking, they're trying to find something there that maybe wasn't. And... Yeah, no, I can... He, he was very, very, like, reclusive, mm-hmm. I guess, near the end yeah. of it. It got to that point. Do you think through music, people are able to say things they couldn't say just in regular language because it's in a song? Like, sometimes, for example, I feel like I have moments of inauthenticity because during the day, whether it's in a professional setting or whatever it is, I dress a certain way, I speak a certain way, that I wouldn't with the two of you mm-hmm. because at some point you feel like you have to play the game. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, but then yeah. there's some people who just don't play the game. And mm. I really envy those people. Right. But I haven't got to a point where I can do it yet. Right. But through music, maybe you can. Maybe that's the time. That's the time to be Wu-Tang Clan doing Fuck the Police. Yeah. Because well, that, was, I mean, that was their story. But yeah. maybe you just don't have a voice in your community to say that without it being in a song or on a concert stage or... When we were on, well, when I was on your, your podcast, um, we got into a lot of personal stuff and it like, it was off the cusp, just like this whole conversation. Right. And one of the things we talked a lot about was social media and like Mm -hmm. how it's, it can be really intense. Um, and as creators, as business owners, as you know, people in the media, there comes a certain obligation to those things. 
right? And, you know, of course it's important to be uplifting the people on your shows and the mm -hmm. businesses and the new people through these programs. Of course it is. And all of that stuff is super sincere. It's, it's probably why these platforms were built. Mm -hmm. But you have to compete with so many people that are also trying to race for content engagement that you start to, you start to compromise yourself. So on your podcast, something actually happened. Mm -hmm. Because I started thinking a lot about how remember when we were talking a lot about it, it was like, I see a pivot happening because of the way it has such a demand on me all the mm. time. Mm. So, I mean, I haven't posted in over a month. Mm. I think it'll be a month in three days actually. Mm. And it's probably been the best decision I've ever made. And I didn't think I could do it. And it's not because I, but what it has done is it's allowed me to kind of see things from a different lens and that's good and bad, unfortunately. And it's also kind of sad. Yeah. Well, it's strange for sure. Right. It's strange that to be really happy in probably the most prosperous time ever, you actually have to, to step back. Mm -hmm. Like you actually have to recede. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you're going to find happiness because there's nothing, there's nothing less peaceful than entering into the 2019 fray. It's, it's the opposite of peace. Yeah. So that's interesting that you haven't been posting. No. And, and you know, as a, what I do in my profession, you know, everything that I speak about and talk about is about give, 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 ask, right? Never take. Always give, 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 then ask, right? Mm -hmm. Gary V, right? I've lived that methodology for five years. Give, 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 uplift the community, do, mm -hmm. give, make videos, do podcasts, mm -hmm. do free workshops, give, 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 give. Um, and what it really actually did is it, it scattered me, it helped me understand what it is that I do, but I forgot who I was. Mm -hmm. So I've spent the last month going out into nature, listening to albums again, doing yeah. our podcast, just being rock and roll. And what rock and roll is to me. Uh -huh. So I wear all black every day and I feel good. Do I want to wear a suit sometimes and cute little booties and, you know, so that my business clients take me? Yeah, but like this is me. Right. And this is the same person who's making your document as the person who's going to manage it. So yeah. like this is who it is. And I think that the more people can just kind of forget about those other things that they have obligations to and just like remember what's legit about 100%. them. And then if they want to post on social media or go out or do other things, then mm -hmm. yes. But I think that's one thing I'm, I advise people this year is just to kind of take a small break because you'll start to notice every time you're like, oh, this is a cool moment. I should just capture this and elevate Matt George and do these things and mm -hmm. it makes sense. But it's like, guess what? nothing changes if you did it yeah you might get some likes you might be you might get a follow out of it cool great but i can like i've gotten more positive from not posting yeah and more engagement and more follows and more conversations more copies mm -hmm. than i have being out all the time so even in music when bands are putting out new things on spotify Bandcamp, mm -hmm. um new events on facebook maybe there's new formats that they could be doing to have their stuff better received. Yeah. Right? So just like how you do images and different things on your podcast and you kind of splice up what those look like mm -hmm. because sometimes as busy people, you get behind on your podcast. Mm -hmm. And as much as you want to take the hour and 20 minutes to listen to Kate's podcast, you just don't have the time. Mm -hmm. So like it's important to, to segment those up. So yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I wonder why, because one thing music does as well is it lets you, it lets you get to a place that you can't, 
easily accessed during the day. I remember, and I was with my friends, but, but this is 100%. <laughs> the first time I saw Mumford was in, in Quebec City. And they opened up this industrial park, and it was this incredible setting. I think it was 50,000, 55,000 people, just mind-blowing. And I remember it was, the, it was the big finish with the cave, which is, I think, typically what they do in a concert. And um, I remember I was just standing, and I had my eyes closed, and I was listening to the music, and I just had my hands up in the air. Yeah. And there was a sea of people around me, but in that moment, I couldn't have given one single fuck what anybody else thought of the experience that I was having, but I was having the experience that in daily life, I had not let myself had in so So long. long. And it was just mine. Did that man cry come out again? I was like, somebody must be smoking. (laughs) But it was just, I didn't care. And then you go back to daily life and the next day you care. Mm. But then you go, wait, I I was just at the concert having the time of my life and Mm -hmm. I didn't care at all. Mm -hmm. I was above it all. And then you get back to your community, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you don't want to wear your rogue t-shirt to work. You wear a button-up. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Because the, my, my true moment of, of, of what I was feeling and what I wanted to feel was at that concert. Yeah. Yeah, I, everybody experiences like the inner peace or transition, and I've been, therapy has been phenomenal. Um, and I've, I've really realized that I, for, I really forgot a big component of who I was and why I thought I used to not, not to be like, but what I thought was cool about my character, I didn't, I didn't invest in that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it was all about just collecting the experiences and doing things quickly and as fast and to get into the next one as possible. Yeah. That I probably left out a lot of opportunity for friendship and connection on the table. But now as I've had time to not just be searching all the time and looking, I'm getting insight into people I really want to continue to make friendships with and invest time into and mm-hmm. what it is that I really want out of my community group, right? Mm-hmm. And how I want to come back to those platforms and give. Because I don't I don't think anyone, you know, in music or in business or really mm-hmm. in anything deserves to be taken advantage of. And it's it's hard in all of those things, right? Money's hard, especially in the music industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all want to pay, but then it's like, are you putting me on the list? Mm. Right? Because I'm your bud or I'm your girlfriend. And it's hard because the, the lines get crossed. Mm. But all in all, you know, take a break from social sometimes mm-hmm. and it'll really, uh, I don't know, it'll really just, might make you feel lame about yourself for the first little bit. And then you'll want to, you'll start, you'll actually start putting in draft posts of things. Because you're like, oh, like, this is, this is a good time. So, as long as you don't post, you can... Do the urge that way. Right? <laughs> and just leave them in dress. And then just you'll realize you're like, right. you're like, I don't need to post this photo about Area 506. Sober second people, thought. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. And it's it's been really quite incredible because all that time that I used to spend even thinking about it, I've now been spending with my dog. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what I wanted. I wanted to listen to more albums. I wanted mm-hmm. to just kind of go to more shows. So like, we're going to Fleet with Mac. That's going to be dope. Yeah. Fucking thrilled. Can't so, yeah. wait. You know? And, you know, we have so much kind of happening with younger people now coming on to our platform. Yeah. And I remember, and as we all said, we've all, we've all done the school thing. And I feel very, very uh, empathetic. I also really am not a big fan of high school kids. But I also <laughs> realize and recognize the fact that they 
face a lot of other hardships that we did not, mm -hmm. just like every other generation. Um, and, you know, that being said, music probably plays an even bigger component in their lives. Mm -hmm. So we've had to think about how do we necessarily bring them here? How do we get the 13, 14, and 15-year-olds who just need a, an outlet yeah. to keep them going to school, to keep them invested in music, to keep them writing so that maybe they have something to go to college for? But I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's not people that are appropriately telling the stories of the time right now. Like if you look at, for example, teen depression, specifically in girls, it's gone up. I might be getting, I might even be lowballing this, but I want to say 30%. It's 40. probably more like 40. It's 40. Yeah. I checked actually yesterday. But who's telling, in my, in my view, and maybe I'm just not tuning in enough, but who's telling the story of that? Like that's not Old Town Road. No. Like that's not, I, I wonder if there's just, there's a lot of great pop and I can get behind some of it. But, but I don't know if there's great stories. Well, I mean, when you look at what YouTube essentially is and what it's become, and you look at, you know, the Jake Pauls and Tana Mojos of the world who literally do things, they just got married on the weekend as a, as a joke for clout mm -hmm. and invited like 400 celebrities to this fake wedding and like legally got married for, you know, and when you see the whole idea of like 13 and 14 and 15 year old girls who are now becoming influencers, mm -hmm. right? Who have no, and honestly no real right to be in the space. It's actually kind of weird and kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. And then you have them being vloggers and they're the Emma Chamberlains of the world who are now dressed head to toe in designer and have a very big sense of entitlement. So when you go out to Moss Glen Falls in Kingston, mm -hmm. And you see four girls go down, I watched it, go down into the waterfall. They stood around took, taking pictures for 15 minutes and then left. Yes. And like I saw it, one the other day. And it day. sucked, you know? Yeah, it sucks. It I'm does. not making fun, but it was a moment where I was like, shit, like, you know, I have friends that have little girls and they'll yes. be there in 10 years. And that, it, it does scare me. It does suck. No, it does. I, I was at Dominion Park Beach and... There were two girls. You know how there's this thing now? It's probably a Kardashian-esque thing where young girls will pull up their bathing suits. Mm -hmm. So it's like sitting yeah. like above their hips. Right. Yeah, like, no, pull those down. Well, there were two young girls and they were young. And they were taking turns where you're like, you're sitting on your heels as Instagram mm -hmm. um, women do now and pulling up. Like a completely inorganic situation. In what in what world would you ever be doing that naturally? Yeah. And I honestly was sad. I thought yeah. to myself, I said, "This sucks. I don't care. I don't care if I sound seventy. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. It sucks a lot. And yeah. it sucks because when you think about like what we talked about, Kate, what what do you want when you post? Like if you post about a great song because you want to push traffic towards, which is what I'm doing right now with Jamie Como and the Crooked Teeth. Yeah. Because I'm an insane fan, and they are the theme song of the Unsettled podcast for yeah. the single Tall Pine, and that's probably going to be a reoccurring thing that their songs appear on on our show. Because I genuinely just think their music's fantastic. Yeah. And so if the, if the reason for posting is that, great. Right. But if the reason that you're at Dominion Park Beach doing that is because you think that that is the sum total of your value, that sucks. That's the definition of suck. Well. 
I'll, I'll leave this as the last part where we talk about depressing shit. Um, but I'm actually optimistic. I'll leave the depressing yeah, no, comments. Yeah, too. I just mean like from a, a negative standpoint. But I did watch a thing about Gary Vee a couple of weeks ago. And he said that he gets like on the daily hundreds of DMs from men and women who will ask him and they'll show him their, their traffic. And they'll say, listen, you know, I've been this in this space for X amount of time and then I've been on Instagram and I've been doing this but what I noticed is when I post a, a photo of me just doing like uh, let's say fitness things and I put in what it is that I did it might get four or five thousand likes but if I post a picture of my shirt off or if my booty's out I get 15,000 so if my goal is to get more brand deals to get more engagement to be a better coach or a fitness person we're just using that as the niche do I continue to do the thing that gets me the best? And he says, no. Like, that's that's when you have to wonder, like, what what is your actual total value? Because mm-hmm. when you go out, to me, I'd rather see them just being silly and, like, wind in their hair and them that they just went to the beach. Yeah. And maybe saying, like, yeah, we've been coming here for a couple years. And, like, who else has been to Dominion? Have you been around Greenhead Quarry? Have you gone to the abandoned lighthouse? Exactly. We love going there. Yeah. We have fires here with all of our friends. Because, like, that would be dope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, yeah. The hope is that through music, more storytelling, that we start to have some more legacy people yeah. come out of this because we're only populating more. Yeah. And that also scares me. Who's a good storyteller right now in music? J.S. Ondera. You've got to listen to J.S. Ondera. I will definitely. I think back, like, when we brought up YouTube, um, point that I wanted to make was. The way technology, I think it's kind of changed the way people find music and consume music, obviously. Because mm-hmm. um, I would say I know some great storytellers too, like Ezra Furman is one. Um, another really good band, uh, Mount Carmel, Buffalo mm-hmm. Killers. Those are some really good bands that have really great songwriting and they make you feel like you get that that same kind of vibe. And I found them all on through YouTube, mm-hmm. like just through, I went, I remember finding the Buffalo Killers, I think through the sheepdogs mm-hmm. and it was just like a playlist and they came up and they've toured together as a firm and I think I was like on like pitchfork or like or it was a Bob Dylan bit and mm-hmm. it like it was a re- on the related videos p- playlist so I found and I'm like a huge fan of all the records and stuff like that mm-hmm. so but a lot of people don't know them right unless they happen to be maybe local to the area or went yeah. down that same rabbit hole so it's kind of weird how there's so much more different kinds of music and musicians are getting exposed to this technology. Maybe not on a mass scale like Mumford mm-hmm. and Sons or Ariana Grande, but they they're getting their music's getting heard by more people than they might not end up totally like a Rodriguez. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. I I found I have a song tattooed on my arm, and um, it's from a Lord Huron song. And I found Lord Huron through. I think it's exactly what you're saying, Sharice. I think it was. Um, a suggestion after a song I had gone to search for right. on YouTube, mm-hmm. and clearly it 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 hit a node because I got it tattooed on me. So you're right; it's not all. It's actually probably net positive. Yeah. But we just have to find the right ways to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So it's your magic question. <gasps> it's time for your magic question. Okay. Yes. So I don't know. So this is interesting because you're not. You, all right, so, but we're going to ask you anyway. Okay. That's the question. So you're on a desert island. Okay. What are the three records you're going to bring with you? 
Or three artists that you would be like, yes, okay to be sufficient listening to for yeah, your, your three style. artists. Okay, yeah. oh, no, I, I know them. Um, one is horribly generic, one is a cop-out, and one is very cool. That, that's usually how this question yeah. goes. Yeah, okay. it's all good. <laughs> okay, and so sometimes it changes. In what yeah. order? Okay, I'll do the generic one first. Sign No More, Mumford, Son, Mumford & Son's first album, literally changed my life. I was working a summer job as a roofer, of all things. And we were on the way back from a job we had done three hours-ish outside the city. And I was exhausted and it was hot and I didn't know what was next because the job was ending and I was going to go back to school. And I had never heard music like this in my life. When Sino More came on, um, I don't know. It was just something. It was it was something that that just sticks with you permanently. Mm. And so that album, my God, I could listen to that on repeat just because it it told a story of a certain place that I was in at the time. Mm. The second one is a cop out um, because it's a greatest hits album, and that's kind of cheating. Eh, it's not. No, it's not. No, but, I consider that but cheating. But this is our rules, and we don't say it's cheating. Okay, great. It's been approved. Springsteen greatest hits. I mean, Thunder Road. Dancing in the Dark, Atlantic City. I mean, my God. He, he told the story of a country mm. multiple times over. So that man, I mean, he speaks for itself. And then recently, a pretty cool one who I think is about to blow up, for better or for worse, uh, is the Kenyan-born American singer J.S. Ondera. Tales of America, it's like equally heartbreaking. If you listen to God Bless America... When he says, God bless America, this heartache of mine, on how he loves America so much, but then at the same time, he is a black Kenyan. And there are challenging aspects to his life as an immigrant in America. And so, like, the way that he, the Torch song, God bless America, Lebanon, they're all on that album. And they're simultaneously, like, some of the most beautiful lyrics I've ever heard in my life. And then, like, this weird alternative voice. Right. But he's... It's I'm like, Sharice is listening to I can't this. wait to listen to it. I can tell well, from the look. Well, you have to. Start <laughs> yeah, to finish. You yeah. have to. No, I feel like I might be into it. Yeah. 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 American Dream, that's another incredible song. So when you listen to music, do you do mostly like through Spotify, Apple Music? Do you do tape? Do you do CD? Yeah. Like I said to Sharice before we started recording this, something that's so antithetical to, to who I am, I've so rarely purchased music yeah. in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Which is an absolute sin because someone is producing incredible work. Yeah, but... And you're just straight up not paying for it. So... You're cognizant of it now. Yes. Right? So, if you see... You can start now. Character you know, flaw. It's never too late. Character flaw. <laughs> and I also... It didn't make any sense to me when someone said, Dude, vinyl, it, it sounds better. And in my head I was like, Well, that's just not how technology works. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it gets better. It doesn't get worse. <laughs> yeah. So I never bought that. But then I recognize, like, when you see this amazing cover art, I don't know what's over there across from me, mm -hmm. but when you see amazing cover art like that, I can totally appreciate it. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a total streamer. Do you have yeah. a record player? No. Are you going to get one? My dad does. Okay. I should inherit it. Yeah. yeah he's not using it. He's or bring totally some, should. listen to some records with your dad. And he actually has an amazing collection. Dude. I should ask him about it. Yes. Maybe I should bring have some over. Have us over for a Yeah. We should have a record night. Okay. With your dad. My gift to you. Oh. 
No. What is it? You're not gifting Mumford me. Mumford and Sons record. Oh, oh wow. that's so sweet of you, Caitlin. <laughs> so for those listening, what I was just gifted was the incredible second album from Mumford and Sons, Babel. Ta-da! Babel whispers in the dark. I will what wait. What can I say? I'm angelic. There you yeah. go. Now you have to get. So now you have to go see your dad and be like, "Hey, I got to show you this record." So yeah, this this I is what Strange Grooves is all about. We dig in, we try to figure out something, and then it's like, "Here you go. Take this and go. You know, hang out with your dad." What if this is the catalyst to my dad and I? Yeah. Cracking our awkwardness. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if that That'd happened be... on the Strange Groups podcast? Well, see, the thing is, is like your dad would have grew up with vinyl, right? And totally, he loves it. And one thing for me with my dad is that CDs were very much my generation, mm-hmm. but he was transitioning to CDs, so he still had a few records, right? Most of his records that he had, I just used to put up as art in my room because it was really cool, right? Like Alice Cooper in Boston and stuff, right? Yeah. I still have all those albums. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are blank, but I still have them because they were there before I even collected records. Like I've only maybe collected for seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. And I never was like, this is what I'm doing. But it's it's been such a, a catalyst for other things, mm-hmm. for people to come by and it's like, you don't really know, and then you end up making a friendship, or you actually like them better in business. Mm-hmm. It's really weird, and yeah. I find like having a tangible thing that you both could get familiar with would be probably really cool. Totally, and and the thing is, is like someone made this, mm-hmm. like someone actually made this. Yeah, open it up, check it out. Okay, so when you when you're a vinyl collector, and don't tell me it sounds better, but I understand there's a there's like niche sound. Mm. Do you not take the plastic wrapping off? Is that part of the sacredness or do you take it off? It depends. It depends who you are. So I know some people like will take like most a lot of people take the wrapper off and then they get like other more clear sleeves. Mm-hmm. I know I've done this a couple times. I might someone's gonna call me out, but like sometimes if they're wrapped like saran wrapped, mm-hmm. I'll cut like just and if it's not like there's no gatefold I wanna look at, I'll just like just open that yeah, slit. That's, that's what I do for most. Yeah, that's like what I did with that one is I just didn't Do you know the YouTube channel Unbox Therapy? I've heard of it. This guy <laughs> his his YouTube channel blew up so he gets new technology sent to him and he unboxes it and he talks about the experience yeah. of unboxing it. And obviously Apple would kill everybody because they're their physical products were so beautiful, including right, the packaging. Yeah, right. And so, I shit you not, this is happening on the Strange Fruits podcast. This is the first time I'm ever unboxing a record oh. on vinyl. Oh, I've, so I've, I've never, God. I've never opened one before. There you go. Like, How I've does never, it feel? Feel I, it in your hands? Well, I just took the plastic off, and I almost thought I was doing something that was, like, no, there's nothing wrong. So, on the inside, for those listening, you see. A really cool photo. Is there traditionally some album art on the inside? Yes, a lot of records do. Some don't. It depends. And this is the Gentleman of the Road tour crest. And a lot of times we'll have like a a sheet of lyrics or sometimes they'll put a download code. Songbook. Yeah. And they'll have the download code for you to download it to your Apple or your Spotify. I think it might be in there. Oh boy. What I would have paid to be uh, the one that got to handwrite. Those uh, yeah, so if you take that, look at you still download it and it'll go right to your Apple Music. Wow. So that's one of the nice things we like about buying albums is mm-hmm. you get so much more 
you get to experience to the it music. And you, you get to learn about everybody who was on it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, seeing how it was written. Um, yeah. I have a room in my home that is full of all of the relics that I've collected from all over the world. And some of them are music-based. Um, like I have a drum uh, from Zambia and a ukulele from Turkey. Some other cool things. But this is going in the cool room. There you go. Yes. yes. This is going well, in the good. cool room. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you yes. enjoy that. Your collection has started. This is going in the cool room with some strange groove swag. I love it. I love it. And you will be forever immortalized on my cool room wall. All right, I've made it. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I love you Tonight, guys. Thank we, you. Uh, thank you. We're really looking forward to having you on the show. So this has been great. Keep us I'm up to sorry. date with your collecting vinyl journey. Will you be on again? We should I, do a check-in. It's it's freaky that this means so much to me, but you could easily convince me to do this weekly. Your listeners wouldn't <laughs> yeah. want it, but you could easily We're talk me back into it. Well, here's the thing. We don't really follow the rules. So. And, and we, we kind of know our audience, and we'd hope that they would want to hear and hear from you again and want to know how you hear about your dad and yeah. what he thinks about the record and yeah. you know like I would even think like what is his something that he really likes and go mm. to Backstreet and pick it up and then bring something like you like and something he likes so then when the record's done he can go flip it and put his on whoa you know and yeah. it just that's what my dad and I do <laughs> you know and it cool. just it just puts the accountability on each and it makes you people again instead of uh-huh. these dynamics uh-huh. right and you start to appreciate each other as adults uh-huh. and not just as family or friends or whatever because mm-hmm. it happens all the time with Sharice and I so can I pitch a volume two of this podcast yes episode yes so I'm fascinated by people who have intentionally used art mm-hmm. um, as a way to, 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 to speak truth to something that usually ends up in getting them punished like for example Richard Pryor went to jail over and over um, he was like the pioneer black comedian in America. And he went to jail over and over for swearing and for speaking truth to power or speaking truth or making fun of the government or whatever. Um, Wu-Tang Clan, not Wu-Tang Clan, um, um, NWA, when they, did, when they did Fuck the Police Live, mm-hmm. I think it was in Detroit, they all got arrested because mm-hmm. yeah. they were told explicitly not to do that song. Wouldn't it be cool if we did an episode where we went through like some of the amazing bands whether it's Woodstock or whether it's NWA or whoever it is that knew they were getting themselves into trouble or knew they were sacrificing something mm. to be able to speak that. Yeah. Those mm. words. I love that. Or play that concert. Did you guys know like that there was going to be a fucking shit show when you guys did like break stuff? Cause we just didn't know. <laughs> well, think about like how music, how important music was to things like the protests of Vietnam. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, these people risked something. Yeah. Where's the risk now? Yeah. I remember one song that pops to mind with that is uh, Ohio by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm. Like, yeah. they were like mentioning Nixon by name in the song is like a big deal. Or Born in the USA, Springsteen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a giant fuck you to the Vietnam War. Mm. So that would be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. Let's do this. Let's plan like, this. We could make a list and then go through them and talk about like what it took and what the situation was. And I'd love that. Where I love the that. culture was. We could have like a theme, like topic nights. We haven't really done that. That'd be cool. I mean, yeah, we're going to do that because we've been looking at having some record nights anyways. And record nights are really just a time when people come over and we all just shoot the shit, have drinks, have a couple puffs and talk about music. So we we were going to probably have one and record one. It's been a while. Yeah. Very long time. I'm in. All right. Okay. Well, cool. Well, until next time, guys. Keep Keep it strange. strange.
If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.